0: How do you lead an organization and the people in it? My name is Desi Mayer, and I've been doing both of these for over 15 years. Now it's time for me to give back and help leaders across the country. In this podcast, I share the lessons that I've learned from competing at the highest of levels in sports and small business. Buckle up. It's time to lead. Hey, everybody. If you'd like to see a condensed version of what I'm talking about here in this podcast, just go ahead and follow me on LinkedIn at Desi Mayer. And if there's anyone that you think we should be connected with, tag them in one of my posts. And we'll share it. I appreciate you all. Now let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the LEAD podcast. Today we have Mr. Mark Howell from Fundle Life with us today. A super powerful story. Looking forward to sharing this story with you guys. It is powerful, it is a story of perseverance. It uh, It's definitely influenced my life. So we're excited to have Mark on. Um, and hey, the only way that we can spread this word is if you like it, you share it, you rate it, you review it. We want to get this out to more people, especially this one. It's such a great, you guys will learn a lot about it as we talk here. But it's, what a great movement um, that you're part of, Mark. And hey, thanks for Thank having you. us on. Let's dive in right away. Tell us yeah. a little bit. Who are you? What do you do? You know, um, Give us the story, all
1: of that good stuff. Desi, thank you. Thank you. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm, I'm pumped to be here. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm from Brighton, from Brighton, Michigan, and uh, I was born and raised. i lived here my whole life. And really my story, you know, it's almost like my pre pre my major fun to life, uh, you know, origin story is kind of boring. It's like the normal stuff, right? So I was like launched from 2010 on. But uh, <laughs> and, you know, 2010, I was married married uh, beautiful woman, awesome, you know, Christina, she's, she's gorgeous, she's awesome, she's the best human being I've ever met, and, you know, we were married for two years, and we're expecting our first child, you know, we're, we're ramped up, we're amped up, we're, we're excited uh, to bring Gabriel into the world, and uh, two weeks after he was born, in uh, October of 2012, we were hit with devastating news, that i was uh i had i was experiencing some major abdominal pain and we were hit Mm -hmm. with the news that i had stage four cancer stage four melanoma Mm -hmm. i had a football-sized tumor in my abdomen Mm -hmm. and it was just uh just really intense a really intense time right we're trying to navigate uh new parenthood and what Mm -hmm. that kind of looked like and meant and you know and now we're now we're delivered with this huge news and along with that devastating blow the doctors gave me an anticipated lifespan of about six weeks. So Mm. it was new fatherhood here is cancer and here is death, like all in one big delivery of a month. And so it was a, you know, just a massive tidal wave of news that just Mm kind of came over us. And so we were faced with a, with a huge uphill battle and, um, you know, was able to navigate some hail Mary surgeries and make it through those surgeries uh, just to be delivered with, you know, it's just like one of those things where it's just constant bad news, one thing after another. So mm-hmm. after I made out of the surgery, uh, you know, the doctors really kind of advocated for me they're like, Hey, you have to seek out bleeding edge treatments. You have to find stuff that's on the cutting edge, you know, across the country, you might have to go overseas. You might have to go outside of, you yeah. know, just the realm of normal, normal treatment patterns. And my insurance essentially just told us, hey, uh, we will cover your treatments here at our little regional hospital because we think that we have some drugs that are available Mm -hmm. and we're not going to cover anything outside of that. And Mm -hmm. so the community uh, around us, really the greater Livingston County community, if you will, really just rallied behind it and said, well, that's just not good enough. And they started an 18 month effort of raising funds uh, for my family and they raised about $200,000 for my family and I. And it it literally saved my life. It, it lifted me up in so many different ways, but it allowed us the ability to travel the country when and where needed. And it didn't directly lead to a solution right away. It was a three and a half year journey of yeah. treatments, surgeries, options, et cetera. And it eventually led us to, you know, find the find the the cure all in Jacksonville after many ups and downs and I would travel to and from uh, Jacksonville by myself every three weeks, I'd get the treatment, I'd come back. And we did that for about 18 months. So it was a, you know, all in, it was a four and a half year journey from start to finish of the cancer journey. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. And so it really, there's obviously a lot that we can dive into like in the nuts and bolts of the story, but really Mm -hmm. that journey, brought me down a path of opening my eyes to what a community of people can do for other people, how much hope that can instill in someone's life, yeah. how that can lift them up in so many different ways, not just financial. And it really gave a new meaning and perspective on my life. And I wanted to try to instill the same level of hope that was given to me into mm. other people. And so I started an organization out of that journey, and that organization is called Life. And our mission is to ignite hope through funding lives. And we, so we we essentially raise money so that we can help remove obstacles that might be in people's way in times of crisis.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: so it doesn't have to be cancer, but it can be cancer. Um, a lot of them are cancer related, unfortunately, because of the prevalence of that disease and because of how bankrupting in nature it is such a disruptive thing. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, we help people with house fires, with loss of a loved one, with uh, all sorts of crisis times that strike people uh, and kick them when they're down. And now that's that's what I dedicate my life to doing is raising money and giving it away so that that entire journey has kind of come full circle. And, and it's my it's my journey now to try and pay it forward for other people. Man,
0: so powerful. There's so many things there. Yeah, I, so, I, right. <laughs> I think I want to I think I thought I think I want to start with diving into Because because I want to pull out the nuggets that I think will will help most of our listeners, most of our leaders, because, you know, as leaders, we run into things, we get bad news all the time. Yeah, it is in no way nearly as large as the bad news that you received. So talk to us about that, meaning how did you feel when you got that bad news? And then how did you muster up the strength? The perseverance, the I'm not going to quit at this, like where did it? Cause that like, doesn't just like you pull that off the shelf, right? Like right, that comes from way down deep. Right. And I think that could help a lot of leaders out there. Like pull that, like, it's like heart, like miles and miles of heart. Talk to us about that a little bit.
1: Well, and I think, I think you do say something that's really intriguing too is that I do I although not all of us are faced with, you know, cancer, I do think that all of us have that cancer obstacle, right? Whatever Mm -hmm. that, that monumental obstacle. Absolutely. It comes in various forms in each one of our lives. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's easy for each one of us to look at each other and be like, Oh my gosh, like you had that. I don't know how you dealt with that. That's amazing. But if, if we really just look Mm -hmm. in the mirror, like we've all had, that journey at some point right if we're here and we're leaders and we're leading an organization or people it's like we've we've climbed the mountain at some point you know and it's like what what was that obstacle and so you know for me it was it was was so multifaceted. i mean there's so many different angles and different things that led to me being here today and everything Mm -hmm. else but honestly it started with attitude and perspective and i tried and it it wasn't it wasn't perfect but i tried to have a positive outlook each and every day and i tried mm-hmm. to approach it as okay how can i choose to keep a positive perspective in these times of devastation yeah and where is in this obstacle where is my opportunity because i firmly believe that opportunities are disguised as obstacles if we choose to look at it that way oh yeah and so you know, a, a quote that I gravitated towards early on. So I'm I'm a big superhero guy. I'm a huge Superman nut. Love like, it. since childhood, I just love Superman. And when you think of Superman, everybody thinks of Christopher Reeve, right? Because he was the man, and then he was paralyzed, yeah. and he, like, you know, he was so heroic in how he battled that journey. Mm-hmm. And it was the quote that I love by him, and it was once he was in a wheelchair, once you choose hope, anything's possible. And I just love the perspective of that because it's it's given to us as hope is a choice to make. Yeah, And so I was given devastating news and a, and a bad outlook, but I chose to be hopeful. And there's also no, there's no coincidences in life. I, I have a bit, I'm rooted in faith strongly. And mm-hmm. there is no doubt in my mind, especially looking back, that my son was born in perfect timing in my life because it gave me the perspective and the fight and the attitude to say, well, my son is not going to grow up without a dad. Like that is not an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I have to be here for him. He has to have a father in his life that has to be me. And so that, that it, if if nothing else to put my back against the wall to fight extra yeah. hard and to get up every day, no matter what devastating mm-hmm. blow was coming our way and honestly if it would have happened even a year earlier in my life I don't I don't think I would be here today because I wouldn't have had that extra layer Absolutely. of you know of just like just can't quit can't can't make yeah. it through this type yeah. attitude and so I, I really think that it starts and ends with attitude and there are so many other things that we can point to but I think as a leader as a fighter as anything your attitude is the first is your first step and that's your that's your first fighting chance or you're either defeated or successful right out of the gate with Mm -hmm. just your attitude so it's like what do you choose to have you know in those moments and especially in times of perseverance it's
0: so true the second you wake up the second you open your mouth like attitude is the first thing that's gonna dictate what happens how you show up in the world Yes. Right, but I think you hit on something so powerful. You talked about your, your son and the timing of it, because one of the things that we talk about a lot is your why, like, yes. why do you do what you do? Right. And so I always run through a, um, an exercise called seven levels deep. So I basically say like, what's important to you. And then I say, why is that important? Why is that important? Why is that important? Pretty much go down until there's pretty much tears, Right. Yes. And then it's like, okay, now we understand your why. And I've even went to the point of saying like, look, you're not going to reach your potential until you've hit bottom because 100%. it takes bottom to understand your why. Cause if you don't know your why on bottom, you won't climb out of it. Yes. Yes. Right. So when you go up and you learn that it's like for me, it was when I I lost my grandpa, who was the major patriarch of my family. And then 18 months later, I lost my dad, who to me was Superman, like you're talking. And to me, that was rock bottom. Now, before that, I was incredibly blessed. I had a great all-American life. But those two things, they were my bottom. And until I figured that out and went on that self-journey, like I had no clue what I was capable of, the fire that was really down inside, right? And exactly for you to go on that journey and to fight and fight and fight in Jacksonville over and over and this and that, like that is insane, man. And I think that there's so many people out there that are missing that. And it's like, oh, you are missing the mark to life when it comes down to that. Like leadership, sure, but like that's even less important than you leading yourself. In that, because I mean, I always call it like the puff chest syndrome or like the hollow body. Like, it's you know, like, I know, like, you can feel the attitude, you can feel the presence of somebody that's been there and done that and hit that bottom, climbed out of it. They know their why, they understand their identity. That's a leader that you will follow all day long. Every day, you will jump over a cliff for that leader. You know, and, that's, and, and I just, they, just think it's, it's just so powerful, man. And, and I just, also I'm, like
1: a, there's a certain piece to them too, right? I mean, it's like once you hit that rock bottom, and you do understand your why, nothing, like everything else in life, is so much easier to put in perspective. You know, like the yeah. things that stress people out on a daily basis are suddenly not that important, or not as important. And mm-hmm. like, and although you know, like, not. Know, I I go through life and things are stressful, you know, and and, and I understand that. But when you can put it in perspective of yes, but I shouldn't even be here, it's like, well, okay, like, yeah, it's stressful, but you know what? Like, there is a tomorrow and we'll make it through and it's okay. Like, it's like, oh no, like, we're tight on money, or oh no, we lost this project, or you know, in our case, like, we lost a big donor, or we lost this, or our event wasn't as successful as we thought it would be. Like, okay bummer like there's yeah. tomorrow Let, let's get back to work yeah. you know like, let's go <laughs> you're, ble- you're
0: blessed with the opportunity to wake up and fight again the next day right Absolutely. it's uh it's, it's it's so it's so cool it's so powerful um <laughs> the next question i was going to ask you was what's your leadership superpower but i mean i think we kind of already hammered that out i mean it's attitude <laughs> it's perspective it's perseverance and man those three things i mean they'll make you an excellent leader right there I mean, cause you're leading yeah. yourself, right? right? You're leading yourself, but I love the perspective one. I just did, um, a little social media segment and it, I, I showed this in a training one time. So it's the grand Canyon and New York city, oh, New wow. York city fits in the grand Canyon 25 times.
1: No way. Are you 25 serious? times? Isn't that crazy? Like perspective, I can't even fathom that. I can't even fathom that. That's like that's like mind-blowing.
0: Isn't that crazy, man? (laughs) So it's like sometimes we got to tweak how we look at things. Yeah. Right? An obstacle is an opportunity. A failure is an opportunity to learn. Right. An, An obstacle, a challenge is an opportunity to persevere. It's an opportunity to, you know, to build toughness, to build that grit. You know with that yes. Angela Duckworth talks about grit being passion and perseverance—the perfect combination of the two. And man, it's so because if you weren't passionate right about your son and about your fight and about your journey, 100%. then you would never persevere. Right, you absolutely. can't have one without the other. And I, and I and I think that's absolutely key. So, um,
1: I think too, like something that was an important lesson that I learned and experience, and then had to live as I grew through this is I think that from the outside looking in, we view leadership as like, oh, well, when times are tough, you just grind it out and you suck mm-hmm. it up. Right. Like us, even as, like, as Americans, I feel like we're just like, well, suck it up, suck it up. Like, yeah, you don't have to show emotion. You have to act like you're tough. And the thing that I learned most is, you know, it was okay. Like we had for every great day I had and for every ounce of positivity and perspective that I'm sitting here today saying like yeah keep perspective woo things are great there were plenty of times and mm-hmm. days where we were delivered the worst news ever and it just gut punches you yeah. and the thing that I learned along the way is it's okay to feel those feels and express those emotions mm-hmm. and if anything it's important to do it the the key to it for me was to experience that emotion, when you hit that rock bottom again or you're delivered bad news when you're already kicked when you're down, like, dude, cry the tears. Let yeah. them out. Like yeah. scream, yell, go punch the wall. Do your thing, but let that be it then. And yeah. when that's done, then we move forward. And now mm-hmm. that you pick yourself back up off the floor, and now it's we get back to work, if you sit there and you you put on the, the pretend face and you just swallow it down and you act the part, Eventually, that catches up to you and you yeah. just erode from the bottom away. And it's mm-hmm. that does not work long term, you know. Eventually, and I think that's you know, that that could go to a whole another discussion of mental health in today's world and everything else. Yeah, it's like, for sure. It's okay as a man or a leader or anybody to express that emotion in whatever way is most healthily expressed in your life so that you can move through it in a yeah. very, you know, positive way. And that was that was something I learned. Maybe I always knew it. Maybe I didn't, I don't know, but I definitely uh, had to embrace it. I guess it's probably the best term. I had yeah. to embrace that through the journey.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's it's a myth of leadership, you know, that you got to know all the things and you got to be tough and you, that no one could ever see your weakness and yeah. you got to have the answers. You got, like, no, right. Like that, that's old school industrial age leadership. It's hierarchical, I'm the boss to do it. Cause I, like people don't follow that anymore. Right. Like people follow, like, look, I'm having a tough day. Right. Right. Or, or I'm fighting this battle trans like, Hey, I, I suck at communication, but guess what? I'm trying to get better. Right. Or right. whatever it is, but that transparency, that vulnerability, like, Hey, we're doing greater. Actually, the company's not doing, going, not doing so well and we really need to corral, you know, whatever it is. But I mean, that's a, that's a nugget for those leaders out there of like, sometimes just be honest with your people, you know, just be honest with your team, be honest with yourself. You know, I I learned a similar thing um, in, you know, after our, after our tragedies was you don't have to move on, but you do have to move forward. Yes, Right. Like you can feel those feelings like you were saying, but you can't stay there. Yes. Right. Because if you stay there, it will own you. And it right. will be the it will be your identity. Right. And it's like, but you do have to move forward, but you can you. it's okay to be there for a minute. Right. right. You just can't stay there. Yeah. Now, and that's yeah. with every tiny little failure or obstacle or challenge or huge tragedy or whatever it is, you know, yeah. you, you got to move
1: forward. Otherwise,
0: it's going to own you.
1: And even to the other side of that, success as well, right? I mean, you need to take a minute and celebrate those successes. Yeah. But you can't stay there. It's the same thing, or that will eventually define you, and you'll become this egotistical maniac that you're living off of one so success in your life. Like, oh, yeah. congratulations! What have you done with the rest of it? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, Mark, let's let, let's
0: turn the page a bit. Uh, yeah. Talk to me about what do you what are you learning currently? What do you what are you learning? What books you're reading, what podcasts you're listening to, anything like that. What are you learning that, that is interesting to you right now?
1: Yeah, we uh, I'm always I'm always floating around, you know, different trying to learn, you know, different entrepreneurial because I kind of have a I run our nonprofit even with a very entrepreneurial like mindset, you know, mm-hmm. trying to think outside yeah. the box. I'm always trying to do things maybe different or against the grain. And uh, one thing that I think is easy for all of us, right, is we get caught up. Just saying yes to way too many things and then it just dilutes who we are as people. Yep. And you know, in instead of us being as impactful as we want in at least those few areas where we can really specialize and make an impact, we say yes across, you know, 10 different things and now we're five percent capacity. Yeah. I for a few years, the last few years have probably run myself ragged in the last six months, I've really tried to improve at saying no slowing mm-hmm. down my life so I can be more impactful in the things that I'm a most passionate about and be that I'm really called to do rather than just mm. you know just trying to do all the things and be all the people to everyone yeah and uh, one of the and that now of course the name of the book is eluding me but my wife and I have been reading it on repeat in different segments um it's the uh it's it's gonna hit me at some point in the conversation <laughs> good, it's basically good. all around well, we can put and, the
0: link in the comments later. We'll too. put the
1: link in. It's driving. It's going to drive me nuts now. But, it's, <laughs> you know, the, basically the the moral to this, the book is it's about a pastor who starts out uh, with a calling to, you know, minister to a small group of people, like 200 mm-hmm. people, whatever. And he grows this church and it turns into then a mega church, which turns into multiple mega churches. And a couple years down the road, he's now ministering to you know, 10 different mega churches all across. Yeah. And He's sitting on the board. And he's no longer really preaching. And at like 28 years old, he's sitting in this giant boardroom, you know, while all these people argue about different things. And he kind of just re- self-reflects for a minute. Like, this is not at all what I was supposed to be doing. And, you yeah. know, he eventually kind of quits it all and goes back to his roots. And he just, it's an awesome book. It's so it's, of course, I didn't write it down or anything before today, but, um, but it just, it's just so, it's all about just slowing down, simplifying life so that you can be impactful. Kind of like the things that we just talked about. Yeah. And uh,
0: i tell you just, what it's though, a,
1: it's a great book.
0: What I just heard there is very different than what I think that you meant to say. And I, I think it's it's great is what I heard was like, your vision and your mission are one thing. But if you say yes and yes, and you just keep running, sometimes that will guide you to a place that isn't necessarily what you wanted or what your strength is but you were headed in the right direction you know but right right i think it's is another call it let's call this the myth debunking is that they think leaders always think that it has to they got to be the ceo or they've got to be the the boss man or the visionary like Look, you can be the owner of the business or the leader of the business and be the top sales guy if you want or be the right. top marketing guy. Or like, look, I have a like this pastor. Maybe he's got a dream for thousands and thousands and thousands. But like he's like, but I'm a teacher. So I'm going to teach. I'll find other people to run the organization. You know, and I think a lot of times because that's what I always say about me. of like, look, I'm a coach. Like, that's what I do. That's what I love. I will never get away from that. In some way, shape or form, I will be coaching, I will hire other people to do the other things. I I don't care if I'm the CEO. Like, it's still my name on the thing. So what's it matter? Right? Right. Call yourself whatever you want, but do what you love in your own business. I, I run into so many clients who they, they come to me because they're a victim of their own business. Right. 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 They started this thing and they were really successful. (laughs) And now it's like, I'm running a business. I wanted to be a doctor.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And it's like, well, then great. (laughs) hire someone to run the business and you be a doctor. And then when you have a vision, you go cast the vision, right? Like you, you can still do exactly what you want to do and stick with the reason you went into it. Right. Right. Like don't lose that. Why? That why is what will keep dry. If you, I guarantee you, as that pastor started going more and more to that boardroom, he got further and further away from his why, right?
1: 100%. 100%. And then he was
0: like, he noticed it and was like, no, nope, I'm going to go back to what I love and what I'm good at, right? So I, I think it's always perspective, right? you you're reading it got Absolutely. one message i listened to you tell me yeah. about it, and i got a different message which is awesome i mean i think that, that that's uh that's amazing so tell it's us a little the, bit
1: the ruthless elimination of hurry i wrote it down while while you were talking I hit me. i knew it was the light elimination of hurry i ruthless love elimination it elimination of hurry it's all a, right very good you read it's a good read it, it the pastors. it's funny it's it's all the things. it's a good yeah. good book so, Mark,
0: tell us a little bit about your team and how long have you guys been operating, and yeah, like a so, little bit about your oper, like the operational functionality of the of the
1: uh, of the firm. Absolutely. So we are uh, we've been primarily a one person operation, which has been me. We we got the five hundred and one C three in twenty fifteen, okay. and we really took it live in twenty seventeen with like our first you know our first couple uh, events, our first couple fundraising efforts. We delivered our first few grants. And it slowly ramped up from there. In 2019 was when I really it really hit me that if this were was going to be the thing that I wanted it to be, if it was going to impact the amount of people that I envisioned it doing, I needed to pour into it full time. So I mm-hmm. I quit my full time job in June of 2019 and went full time, fun to life with little to no financial sense i mean it made no sense yes right sense. love it me too man me too that's so, why i did it too oh yeah i you know i had a six-figure job i had all these other things it took a lot of convincing of my wife but eventually mm-hmm. she came around to it and she yeah. knew that it was burning inside me i had to do this it was mm-hmm. just a matter of when so we pulled the trigger we, we gave it a whirl and you know, through lots of trials and tribulations, I mean, we're still here. And each year we've grown exponentially, even through COVID we grew. There's been so much generosity shown, so, mu- so much support shown over these last few years. And so each year we just kind of, you know, we just add more events, we do more fundraising efforts, we add more support. And, uh, you know, so this, this last year we celebrated, um, we, in May of last year, we celebrated half a million dollars in total lifetime giving that we've awarded people we've now awarded over seven hundred thousand dollars uh total since our inception you know mm-hmm. just in people's lives and uh you know it's it's been it's been super rewarding so it's um the first of this year i hired our first full-time employee uh so which was a huge risk and you know a lot of the butterflies are like oh boy like you know yeah. here we go yeah and so and just like in typical fashion, because this is the way the world works, you take a big risk. And then what happens almost immediately after is you get challenged with that risk.
0: Uh, and, for sure. Yes.
1: And so this year, you know, we we took on that risk. We brought her, we brought on a new development director and she's been a rock star since day one. And she's been all in and we're just working together. And we have, we have a big team of volunteers that do a lot of things behind the scenes, but they're, you know, but they're volunteers. They have lives outside of to life. You know, they're not living this and breathing this like yeah. like I am and now Shavella is. Um, but uh uh, you know, we've in the first quarter of 2023 alone, we've already lost a quarter of all of last year's support because of the economy, because of various mm. things outside of our control. Yeah. And so, you know, so we're we're back to the grind now of trying to raise significant supporters, trying to mm-hmm. find those significant supporters that can really really change things quickly, you know, for the mission, really make an impact quickly. And so, mm-hmm. you know, so we're just, you know, we're basically a, we're a small business and, and, you know, just trying to grind away and, and it just happens to be a, a nonprofit arm, but we're, we're selling hope, you know, that's what we're in the market of selling. And then we like to give, And then we get to give it away. And that's, that's our sales revenue cycle. You know, it's just no different than any other small business really. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love it. What um, give us an idea. What's what's the vision? Like if it, if it was like, well, let me ask it this way. Yep. If we were talking on the same day, three years from now, and it's been the greatest three years of your life, what would we be talking about?
1: We would be talking about an organization that has a footprint across the, across the country so that we can help people, not just in the state of Michigan, not just right here in Livingston County, but we can help people across the whole country of, you know, the United States. Uh, The reality is, you know, as many great organizations as we have, even just right here in Michigan, you know, there's great ones across the country, but there's not many, if any, that are as generic as us and that Mm. can give people the hope when they need it. Um, You know, there's a lot of organizations that do great money and granting into research. There are some organizations who find niche, uh, you know, families in need, and they can help with smaller types of grants. But yeah. so we can deliver substantial, you know, substantial funds, substantial money. Our average grant size is fifty-five hundred dollars. We've given grants as small as one thousand. We've given grants as big as sixty. And so, obviously, each one is very custom. So we have the mm-hmm. ability to, to really deliver some impactful funds when and where needed in these people's lives and you know more than just the finances it uh it reaches the handout and helps them you know yeah. help them help pick them up off the ground when they're being kicked absolutely you know, some of their hardest times but it would be you know to answer your question to be an organization that has a footprint across the country in some fashion so that people have hope that there's somebody and something there
0: mm-hmm. when
1: they need it the most love it
0: so good all right this is my favorite part Love it um, I, outside of the story because the stories are probably <laughs> my absolute favorite. So I always ask if you were to teach a masterclass, okay? So you're like you're going to teach a YouTube masterclass and it's called "How Not to Blank."
1: Oh man!
0: Right? Yeah. What would your "How Not to" masterclass be called and why? Uh,
1: man. I, I like, I, I was when I would go to answer questions like this. I feel like I have to go with the first, the first thing that Absolutely. comes out of my mind, right? And the first thing that came out of my mind was how not to suck. Like, that was my first, <laughs> that was my first thing. But I mean, it would really be, it would really be tailored around energy and perspective, you know, the okay. kind of, the kind of energy that you bring to a space, the kind of energy that you bring to an environment. It speaks volumes of who you are. It gives yourself permission to be more, to to get outside of your own comfort zone, to get outside, to get out of your own way and yeah. just be an authentic version of you. And that would be, so I don't know if that's a great name for it, but that was the first word that yeah. came out of my mouth. So I had I'm to not, run with
0: it. I love it. But, I'm uh, not to suck. Using, yeah, uh, using to your suck. attitude, <laughs> using your energy, your focus to to show up differently in the world.
1: I love yeah. it. It's so good. Absolutely. I,
0: I ask that because it gives people perspective. It gives people, it makes them feel like they're not alone. You know, when yes. I mean, we get leaders on here all the time and it's like, Hey, you know how not to say yes to everything and make sure that you're always busy and overwhelmed. Right. And yeah. it's like, Oh, <laughs> you just said that. Right. Yeah. And It's like, yeah, for sure. That's a normal
1: <laughs> thing. Right.
0: Actually uh, I, I use that, uh, that how not to um, for team building a lot of times. Because yeah. it's like people gotta get vulnerable and be like, yeah, I suck at this. And let me uh explain to you exactly how to do this horribly, right? Like right. Maybe, <laughs> how to have zero time and always be late for everything.
1: Right, right. Like, right. It's
0: like so you have fun with it too, which is good. <laughs> um so I always throw this out there. What's one thing? as a leader, as, you know, essentially a small business owner that you're, 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 you're learning, you want to learn more about, you got questions about, like,
1: talk to me about that. Oh man. Uh, I am, I am someone who I am not organized and I, I'm not great at time management at all. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, I mean, one of the things that just on a recent spring break trip, I was listening to podcasts about, you know, uh, batching and how effective, like, you know, batching type organizational methods can be so much more efficient with your time. And I'm, I'm somebody who's, if I'm not ADD, I don't know who is, but I'm, (laughs) I mean, I sit at my computer and it's like I'm in the middle of an email and then all of a sudden I'm surfing the web, looking up enough, like researching an answer to some other question. And then I'm on our fundraising page and it's like, how do you get anything done? And, and I'm not sure that I do. But that's just yeah. the way my brain operates. And so if it, I'm trying to learn about and then eventually adopt, hopefully some of those methodologies, something like batching, because that even if it was like in a, a half hour to 45 minute window, because I think that's mm-hmm. all my body could probably do at a time. So yeah. like I would be so much more efficient if that's what I could do. yeah. And, you know, so that's, that's something great. that I, I mean. I genuinely I struggle with that. You it and like
0: seventy five percent of other people, <laughs> right? Like, <That's-> yeah, productivity. <laughs> you know, a delegation, prioritization. Yeah. You know, basic time management, time blocking, time batching, content batching, all of these different things, man. As a, well, you know, let's call you a chief everything officer which we all are when we're first starting (laughs) and we have one, two, three, even five employees. We don't, we don't know anything yet. Like we don't even know what we don't know, you know, people are like gross profit. What's that? Right. All of those. Is that good? Is that bad? Should I write that off? I don't know. Right. Right. But yeah, that tends to be one of the things because I, and I, and I learned this um, once I left teaching was like, man, there's, no one telling me what to do and when to do it. Yeah. So how do I prioritize what's first and what's going to help the business move forward and, and all of these things, And man, it took, man, it took two, three, four years before it was like, okay, I know what to do. Right. And Cause I've right. learned by screwing up over and over again, and, Absolutely. you know, and knowing what are the top priorities, what are our main economic objectives how am i organize my calendar what's productive what's not productive how how many things do i have up on my computers right is right. it one tab is it 19 tabs how often do i check email like man it's uphill battle every day for so i mean three out of four people you know that run into that and uh so so that, that's good that, that that's good to hear i um, mean we do that just to make sure the things that we're talking about the things that we're sharing is relevant, is timely, and hits the people where you know where they're needing the most help. But uh well, I, I
1: think um I think something that you're you were kind of hitting on a little bit just through some of those little comments, it also is like a lot of people ask me, like, well, how did you like learn how to do like run a nonprofit or how did you do whatever? You know, and yeah. it's like I for an emerging leader or for somebody aspiring to maybe do more, do something different, I think the key is like. I didn't know like I all of us like I think the key is there is no secret sauce most of us are figuring it out as we go like we're doing our very best oh yeah we are teaching ourselves or we're finding good mentors and Mm -hmm. we're asking a lot of questions and the key is like I didn't come from a background of running a nonprofit. I still have a lot of questions or or secret spoiler alert I have no idea what I'm doing I'm figuring it out as I go. It's like, and I think uh, so much of that is fear-based and it can prevent us from chasing the dream, chasing Mm -hmm. the passion, pursuing whatever it is that we perceive to be greatness yeah, and and doing the next thing or leading a group of people. And it's like, at some point, you just have to take that leap and be faithful in yourself. Like, hey, you know what? Like, you're going to do this to the best of your ability and research it and everything else. And if you're transparent and authentic with people too, and you can just own the fact that, hey, when I make, when I mess up, I'm just going to own it. Like, Hey, yeah. not bad. Like yeah. I'm learning to help me be better. And away we go. It's just, I, I think that would be the case in any great entrepreneur, no matter how successful they are, they look back any leader at all. It's like, absolutely. I mean, they're leading and their experience has driven, you know, has driven themselves.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's the advice to our listeners right there. I mean, yeah, I think right? that's a, I think it's a great way to end it. I mean, the way I always, I always say like, you need a teacher you need a coach, you need a mentor, right? You you need the, you need a cheerleader. You need a friend. Like you need these people in your life because most of us don't fully know what we're doing and we're learning on the fly. And Hey, guess what? That's okay. Because we're trying, right? Right. Moving forward, left, right, repeat. And, uh, and eventually we'll get somewhere because with every step we take, our level of awareness goes up just a little bit. And then we start to go from, I don't know what I don't know to, I do know what I don't know. Right. Right. And then now I know some more things, right. And now I know what I know and now I can teach what I know. Like I, I have, I have a mentor. He's, you know, he's done, he's extremely successful. He's been there. He's done that in the business world, the entrepreneur world. And I mean, I asked him, I said, man, how in the world would I ever repay you for what you've helped me with? Right. And he's like, yeah, I don't need money. He said, I need you when you get to be my age, find yourself a young Desi and help. Mm -hmm. him, Right. And I'm just like, done. Absolutely. Consider it done. He goes, just pay it forward. Just like I am. And I'm like, dude, that's like the best. Right. So, I mean, all you leaders out there that do have no clue what you're doing, it's Okay. Just just, just, treat your team well. Take one step after the other and just say, you know what? I might not know everything, but I got passion and I got perseverance and I got a good attitude and I have perspective in every step of the way. And I think it'll be awesome, man. Well, Mark, thanks so much for having for coming on with us today. Thank you. Powerful buddy. story. Some absolute golden nuggets in here. I'm excited to listen to this podcast. I don't know about these people, but I want to end with this. We got Mark Howell here. Here with Fundal Life. Mark, how do you find Fundalife? How yeah, do we, you can how find, we us, find
1: you guys? You can find us on the web, fundalife.org. You can also find us on all the socials at fundalife.org. We're on all the all the big ones. And uh, you know, you can reach out. And chances are if you reach out, I mean it's it's be one of two of us, but it's mostly always me. So it's not a it's not a hard thing to find me, you know, anywhere, anywhere across any of those mediums.
0: Love it. Very good, Mark. Well, we appreciate your time. We appreciate you and your story. Thank and you, uh, man, just the the movement, man, we're, we're behind it all the way and excited to share with all of our listeners. So thanks a lot for having us on, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right.